I'm on. In fact, I should say, I, I looked around the uh, assembled throng this morning and I don't know everyone. So, uh, yes, uh, I am Stephen Brown. My day-to-day -day job is leading the uh, City Mission, uh, which has got a lot of staff and volunteers and we do have a you know, big presence in the city and up the northwest coast. I'm an elder of the church and I've been here since we started praying about it, so the entire time. And it's a blessing to be part of it. Um, I feel like this morning, a lot of the words and what's, what's been shared, shared have sort of almost preached the message in itself. So that's good, <laughs> uh, which means that um, if Barbara gives me a signal that I've gone for long enough, I'll just stop. <laughs> and we'll pray. And yeah, I'm serious in that. Um, because it will have been said and the message will have gone across because we've had elements of this morning. In fact, um, I would have been more coherent this morning having gone through what I'd written except um, I heard, like Lance referred to, that uh, Reinhard Bonnke had um, passed away and so I went and started looking for the Reinhard Bonnke um, stuff on YouTube and then, you know, 25 minutes later I went halfway through the sermons that he'd done at Hillsong and... I just, I, I get distracted. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was in there, uh, in, in the lounge room listening to him. And it was, there were just some great messages. I was trying to work out what, what it was about him. And I think it was that um, as he spoke, you, you had this confidence. There was a confidence and authority about him that you just knew people were going to be saved. It, it was... It wasn't an option. People, he was going to speak and people were going to be saved. And um, the, yeah, it's, it's something about faith and just believing uh, that the word of God is true. And I was reading happening and um, I was thinking about how many people that I've you know, sort of had the um, great privilege to be one-on-one -on -one with to lead to Christ. And I came up with seven. And his number is 77 million. I thought, well, there's a bit of difference. <laughs> but still, <laughs> there's still work for Stephen Brown to do. <laughs> and uh, there was some great... And um, he also shared something, exactly what Rick said this morning. He said, you know, if we got... Uh, when he was at Hillsong, he said, if I had all the Australians now every, in every church praying 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, he said, Australia would not be safe. Eventually, one of them's going to have to go outside and preach the gospel. And it's true, isn't it? And it, um, it reminded me that... Um, and th but he did make the emphasis of, you know, prayer, preach, prayer, preach. That's the rhythm, you know, of, of us as Christians. Spend our time in prayer and go out and preach. In fact, I have to... Um, share a Christmas message with my Rotary group at about one o'clock, so we won't be here for that long. And I don't have anything prepared, except this. So they'll have to have a part of that, I think, <laughs> for five minutes. And why not? The worst thing they could do is you know, reject me. And Jesus had paid the price for every rejection in my life. So... You know, I can't be touched really under the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we better 
just say something about what I had prepared. <laughs> and, um, and I want to start with quoting a, a little bit from last week's sermon from Russ. So I always listen to the sermons when I miss, the, um, miss them. It's a good thing to know that um, the back book of our sermons is all online there as podcasts so you can catch up and catch the heart of the church, catch our culture and, wh and what we believe. There's lots of themes that run through what we teach here. It is a little bit different. Take it from me. I've been in other churches all my life. We take a different approach to Jesus here and the priesthood of all believers and the kingdom. And it's quite pro profound, um, but it's been important for me in the time I've spent here. So I encourage you, if you're newer here, go back. Have a listen um, and just pick up the culture of what we're trying to experience here. Well, it together. And I want to start by quoting from uh, last week's sermon. Russ, Russ said he was speaking. He was speaking towards the end. He said, how many people there exist in our fellowships and churches and this church have been hurt, perhaps offended, ignored, disrespected, treated unkindly? And we know that perception is reality for a lot of people until they encounter the truth. And he related that story of the lady who had been advised to, to try Redemption Hills Church because she might find healing here. And Russ reminded us that, that as wonderful as we are, Jesus is the healer. Amen. It's not the church. And as we focus, we need to have a focus on the word and the spirit. We need the truth of the word but we also need the life of the Spirit. And the other part of the pattern is a kingdom of priests. We want to see multiple teams, but we also want to see a multiplying love. Because, you see, love is the key. And I'm going to go on some diversions this morning. And I love that statement because um, my son Declan made a wedding video for Tim and Taron. And... Um, I don't know if you'd ever seen it before, but he interspersed the message, which actually Russ brought for that wedding. And it starts with this magnificent statement, love is the key. So every time I was thinking that Tim and Taryn might uh, be tempted to have a time of difference or difficulty, <laughs> they can turn on that video <laughs> and they're going to hear again, love is the key. To our marriages. Second diversion. As I reflected on um, Declan um, pulling that video together, I was so grateful to God that when we first went to um, Western Australia, which was back in uh, 1996, we were quite vulnerable as a family. Uh, because we're by ourselves over there. And we, we threw our trust and faith in God. We had no other options. We probably spent three years playing the same Hillsong worship CD every morning to the children as they got up out of bed. It used to drive us crazy by the end. <laughs> Not really. It actually was a really peaceful, pacifying thing. And we also had this Word of Faith readings book. So we used to uh, just roll through it 365 days of the year with the kids. And I came to the conclusion um, 
later on in life that there's something about a father reading the word of God to his children. And I know mothers often have to fill that gap and sometimes it's almost like a permanent gap they have to fill. But as one of the diversions I wanted, uh, this morning, I wanted to say that if you're still breathing and your children are still with you, get their attention or ring them and share your favourite scripture and why it's important to you. And if you've got the ability where your children are still living with you, read the scripture to them. Preach. Share with your family the love of God. So back to Rust, who said we're here for more than ourselves. We're here to see the kingdom advance. Our focus is kingdom advancement. Planting God-patterned churches in every city and town in Tasmania. And he said God did not call Rust and Mary here to plant a church. He called them here to advance his kingdom. I'd never heard you say that actually before, Rust. You might have done, but I've missed it. And um, so it was good for me to hear that as I'm driving the car. He sent them here to advance his kingdom. And it was quite explicit. And there, there could be a, an expanding revelation for all of us in that. Um, I remember Russ asked me months ago, perhaps in the early days, he said, have you ever seen yourself planning and leading a church? And I, ca I can't even remember what I said. Probably no. <laughs> but... Um, but, <laughs> but, I've been, um, but I have been reflecting on that. Um, I know it's bizarre, but I thought, gee, God could call me to the east coast of Tasmania. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, know four, I know four Christians already in Coles Bay that don't have anywhere to meet. And that's um, no, true. And they're good, good Christian people. And I, and I, and. And there could be an anointing over here somewhere for Bichino, or perhaps... Look, and I just thought, flathead for lunch every Saturday. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And we could become fishermen, like the disciples. <laughs> but I think the point of that is I turned 60 in the last four weeks, but maybe it's not over. Um... Maybe as Pastor Brian says, the best days are yet to come. And it reminded me um, of a, a reading, a, a verse in Philemon. Philemon 1, 4-6. And it says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now the promise for me in this verse, which has been special for a number of years, is that as I acknowledge every good thing which is in me in Christ Jesus, uh, before the Rotary Club, before my friends, before anyone, before my family, as I acknowledge every good thing which is in me in Christ Jesus, the sharing of my faith will become effective. We have to acknowledge before others what God has brought to our lives. How's he going to plant churches in every city and town? He's going to inspire and anoint and utilise a kingdom of priests. Multiple teams, people who are capable and qualified. 
praying and healing, as I said. Now, we've got three heart values we focus on at this church. Dependence on God, obedience, and worshipping and serving God. And that comes from the message on the 22nd of September, if you want to catch up on that. <laughs> in February 1977, I want to talk about the love of life and the uh, love in the church. In February 1977, Bishop Festo Givengere was part of a group of church leaders who delivered a letter of pro protest to the dictator Idi Amin speaking out against the beatings, arbitrary killings and unexplained disappearances taking place across Uganda. The next day, Festo's friend and leader, Archbishop Janani Luwam, was murdered by Idi Amin and Bishop Festo was driven into hiding and exile. Soon afterwards, Festo published a book entitled I Love Idi Amin. And in the book, he explained the extraordinary title he said, the Holy Spirit showed me that I was getting hard in my spirit. So I had to ask for forgiveness and for grace to love President Amen. This was fresh air for my tired soul. I knew I'd seen the Lord and been released. Love filled my heart. Reminded me of a story at City Mission when I came to work one day. And one of our operations manager was um, taking out a cup of Milo to um, a guy who had been sleeping on the steps all night. And it was such a blessing to see that. Now uh, this guy's quite well known to us. Um, he's been in and out of jail. I guess he's been convicted as a pedophile. He doesn't have anyone. And he occasionally gets beaten up and preyed upon, you know, in that negative sense. But I just love witnessing that act of love. It's like seeing the grace of God at work in a person's life. I thought it's a pleasure to work. It's, it's just a, a you know, wonderful to work with people that experience the love of God like that. Love is more than a feeling or an emotion. You've got plenty of emotion this morning. But love is more than a feeling or emotion. It's a decision about how we treat one another. Jesus was the supreme example of love in the history of the world. He tells us to love God, to love one another. Oh, that's better. I can read it. He tells us to love God, to love one another, to love our neighbour as ourselves, and even to love our enemies. He demonstrates all this in his own life through loving everyone, even Judas, who betrayed him, and laying down his life for all of us. I just want to read and, and just have a talk briefly from Psalm 66 now, verses 13 to 20. It says there, I will go into your house with burnt offerings, I will pay you my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt sacrifices of fat animals. With a sweet aroma of lambs, I will offer bulls with goats. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. 
He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. The priesthood of believers must love God and we must pray. When you're in trouble, do you ever make a promise that if God were to answer your prayer, you'll do something or you put a condition on there, Lord, if you'll just answer this for me, I'll serve you all the rest of my life. I won't sin. The psalmist made such a promise and even when his prayer was answered, he fulfilled his promise. He wrote, I will fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. God loves you. He does not withhold his love from you. The psalmist praised God. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. God in his love hears and answers your prayers. If you want to enjoy God's love to the full experience, answer prayer and show your love for him, there is one thing you need to avoid. And the psalmist writes, if I regard iniquity had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So I just want to remind us all this morning, if there's sin in our past or in our present, you can confess it and repent and be forgiven. What really blocks our relationship with God is if we deliberately plan to sin in the future, then we cannot come into God's presence with a clear conscience and just the, the opportunity to follow everything he tells us to do. It can block the experiences of his love. I think Russ quite uh, eloquently terms this as just plain dumb. If we just keep on sinning. Remember, three hard values for our church. Dependence on God, obedience, and worshipping and serving God. It is because God in his love has attended to the voice of my prayer that in response the psalmist wants other people to listen to him. Come and hear all you who fear God and I will declare what he has done for my soul. Now from John chapter 13 verses 18 to 38. Uh, Jesus identifies his betrayer. I'm not going to read the first verses that I had there which are probably on the screen. They go on for some time talking about um, it's, the, uh, it's the scenario where it's time for Judas to betray Jesus. But I'll just pick it up from verse 23. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, Simon Peter, therefore mentioned to him to ask who it was of whom the Lord spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, by those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. A diversion for me there was that the disciples used to have a ministry to the poor. But we'll leave that. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. And then the new commandment, which I want to sort of finish with today. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. 
Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You'll seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I, I say to you, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Nothing is more of a hindrance to the message of Jesus, Jesus than a lack of love between the priesthood of all believers. If our state and nation is to be changed, if people are going to turn back to following Jesus, we must always demonstrate loving one another. This means loving Christians at different churches, denominations, traditions, different views to ourselves. We must love the priesthood of all believers. I love the fact that at this church we practice it all the time. In our prayer meeting this morning, we began to pray for the other churches that the Spirit of God would fall on them. It's a core value of our church and ministry. Praying that as the love for the Son increases, we'll lift up the name of Jesus Christ together with others. Love God together. Love each other and love others. You know, I haven't always experienced that in the local church. I remember... When I was an elder in Western Australia, um, and someone present in the meeting of the elders, and we, the, we, yeah, we would have had a senior pastor at the time in that sort of configuration, and he was talking through all these difficult situations facing another church down the road, setbacks, people leaving, and then they just stopped speaking. <laughs> and it became really quiet in the room, and I became quite uncomfortable. And I just had to say, well, that's terrible. Let's stop and pray for them. Um, I really felt concerned for those people in the church. Felt empathy um, for the elders and pastors and leaders. We may see behaviours we consider unwise or unbiblical at times, but that gives us no joy. It's a call to prayer. It's a call to help in any way we can to encourage others. People that love Jesus are our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the kingdom. And so we did that. So you can just imagine, with that in my heart, it's just been such um, a blessing in this church to be so open and, uh, about our love and wanting to join in and encourage others. I just love it. But we're called and encouraged and motivated to love one another in the local church. Disunity destroys, love unites. Love attracts others to the person of Jesus. Loving God and loving one another in Jesus' name must be, must be our overall ambition above all others. That is the kind of love that can change the world. And just... And just looking at those three disciples from that reading in John we looked at before. John, the beloved disciple, knew the love of Jesus in a very intimate way. Of all the disciples, he was the closest friend of Jesus. He was the one dwelling next to him. Four times in the gospel, John describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. At the cross, at the empty tomb, with the risen Jesus. He reveals that we are called to be in close communion with Jesus, in relationship with him. 
Out of, his, out of this intimate experience of Jesus' love, John's gospel and letters speak so much about love. He records that Jesus told his disciples this verse, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. People fail to love for different reasons. Jews betrays Jesus in spite of being close to him. Satan entered into him. Here we see the opposite of love. Judas hated love. He was in revolt against Jesus, yet Jesus continued to love Judas. Don't give in to temptation to attempt to destroy or deny those in the priesthood of all believers. How? By your words, which can lead to more thoughts and then actions. Place a guard around your mouth. Don't speak from anything except the love of God for others in the church. There is a place for building up, but not tearing down. There is a place for inclusion, not exclusion. Eyes for all, always for those who sit alone or stand alone. We love it and live it inside the church so that we can demonstrate it to others outside. Peter loved Jesus. But he was a complex personality with a very human vision of Jesus and his mission. Peter said that he would lay down his life for Jesus, but Jesus tells him, you'll disown me three times. And, what, and this is what Peter did. Yet Jesus continued to love Peter. Jesus sets before you this amazing challenge. As I have loved you, so must you love one another. He loved you by laying down his life for you. He says that you are to follow his example and show self-sacrificial love. This is the mark of a true Christian. You know, love is the most effective form of evangelism. When people see real love, they see God. The best way to start to tell people about Jesus is to love them and to love other followers of Jesus. Generally, the world... In the world, people get into groups with people they are attracted to, naturally. But the kingdom of God is meant to be quite different. The church of Jesus Christ brings together a wide variety of people from different backgrounds. Mary spoke about that in the press session this morning. Of different interests, different ages, ethnicities, races, perspectives, lifestyles, opinions, and different views. So we need a wide and expansive love to love everyone. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this will all know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. God wants to heal all of you who have been hurt or injured by anyone within the church. That's true. And thrust you forward with a revelation that we are to make Christ known by our love for one another. Not one another so that people want to be with us and experience Christ Jesus with us, just as we experience that. Just a quick reflection on City Mission again. You know, we have those who spend time in our leadership group who find it it's, it's healing and an attractive place to work. Those who are not Christian. 
that what they don't understand, I guess, initially, is that what they're experiencing is because of our Christian love, the other Christian leaders there. They just think it's a wonderfully positive place and place where people encourage and um, love one another. But what it is, it's, the, it's Jesus at work in our lives. That's what I'm trying to say. As we experience that and others come in who don't know him, they'll immediately recognise the love of God by our love for one another. Christ has perfect love for us, but this side of eternity, it will not be perfect in the delivery and demonstration, but it must be part of our culture. If we get knocked down by any of the circumstances of life or feelings or misunderstandings, we repent, we find instruction in the word, we find life in the filling of the Holy Spirit, and we refuse to stop loving one another. Can I just get you to stand to pray? I just wanted to do something this morning which comes from um, things we, we learned when I used to be part of um, a recovery ministry and that is that I just have the faith to believe now that if I ask the Holy Spirit right now just to bring into your mind any hurt or rejection or anything you're still holding where you've been hurt in the church, you might bring a name, or a church, or a group. If I just pray that now by the Holy Spirit, and I am, and as you reflect, if there's anything there, he'll bring that name right now. So what I want us to do this morning is just make a declaration. I'm going to read some words, and I want you to declare... Uh, just repeat after me. And you'll have a, an op opportunity to say that name or organisation or word because we're going to ask for healing from that. Mm. Now you can speak it silently or speak it out. There'll be a number of different words at the same time because it's different for each one of us. But Lord, help us to love one another as you have loved us. So here's what I'd like you to declare. Heavenly Father, by the grace I experienced through your Son, Jesus Christ, I forgive for any hurt they caused. I proclaim my love for them in the name of Jesus. And I will speak positively with love about the priesthood of all believers. As your kingdom comes and your will is done for us as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks. That's all I wanted to do this morning. Thanks for your love in this church. I appreciate it. Uh, we feel your support. Uh, Bob and I have had a bit of a difficult period, but we're coming out of that. Praise God. Some others have, uh, so many of us experienced so many things, and Russ spoke about that last week. So let's just exercise love and grace to each other.
and support all those that have been through so much. That's what the priesthood of all believers is about. Loving, supporting, being one together. If there's anyone else who'd like other prayer this morning, feel free to uh, come forward. There'll be there's, uh, here, people here to pray for you. And remember, anyone uh, that feels called cool might pray for you uh, this morning. There's also an opportunity uh, to have a drink and share some fellowship together and uh, practice our love and fellowship for each other. Amen. Thank you.